Hello, this is Alex Adams, and welcome to the third episode of the Sports and Entertainment Marketing Podcast. The first thing that we will discuss today is what we have learned about in the past two weeks. Now, our first topic today will be about facilities in the sports and entertainment marketing world. Now, when you're selling a venue to consumers, you need to consider the sports cape and the physical surroundings of a venue that will impact the consumer's desire to attend, stay at, and hopefully return to a venue. You want to develop repeat customers, and if your venue is good enough, then this will happen. Now, there are a lot of factors that will impact the sportscape of the venue. Some of these will include the newness of the venue, the aesthetics or beauty of the venue, how comfortable the seating is, how easy it is to maneuver around the layout, how clean it is, um, how perceived crowding is, adequate parking. You want to make sure there's enough parking for everyone so they can park their car, and you need to make sure there's access to public transportation. And the final factor is you want to make sure there's reasonably priced concessions. Now, there are a lot of incentives to offer when you're selling a venue to a customer. There are sponsor naming rights for the venue. You have the signage and exclusive advertising. You also have information booths slash tents, and this is a source of sales leads. You have activity centers promoting the sponsor's goods slash services, and you have the exclusive sales rights of a sponsor's product or services. Now, there are specific procedures that you should follow when you are selling a venue. You need to make sure that you emphasize a sportscape of the venue, the matchup between event needs and venue assets, signage promoting the sponsor, the sponsor as a sole advertiser. This is very important to them. Naming rights given to the sponsor, uniqueness of venue, ability to match sponsors' objectives with venue layout, and giveaways. Some of these might be special seatings, event apparel, VIP lounge, and other things. Now, there are different, there's a lot of different types of facilities. You have single purpose facilities. These are designed for only one type of event. Some of these would be like the Bank of America Stadium or the Pinehurst. The Bank of America Stadium is designed only for football and the Pinehurst is designed only for golf. So that's the only type of events that they host. Then you also have multi-purpose facilities and these are derived designed for a variety of events. And one of the reasons for this is it helps with economic and financial implications. Some of these are the North Carolina State University Basketball Center, Ice Skating Hurricanes, Concerts, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. And these are all under the PNC Arena. So they have all of those. Now, some examples of sports and entertainment marketing facilities are amphitheaters, amusement and theme parks, baseball and softball fields, beaches, bowling alleys, casinos, centers for the performing arts, cross-country courses, football stadiums, golf courses, and gymnasiums.
You also have centers for the performing arts. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, you also have horse riding stables, ice skating rinks, motor speedways, museums, ski resorts, soccer stadiums, state and national parks, tennis courts, track and field complexes, volleyball courts, water sports complexes, and zoological parks. Um, now, let's address some of the manager's responsibilities that manages the facility. Now, they have to make sure that people being given alcohol, they have, must be older, or 21 or older, and typically you should give a two-drink limit. You don't want anyone drunk at the game. Um, their main, Their overall main responsibility is planning, designing, and maintaining a venue. They want to make sure that they prevent building any building main, extra maintenance that needs to be done and they need to coordinate staff and contractual services um some specific things they would have to do would um manage banners and signs so they want to make sure this does not affect the attendees view of the event or game or whatever is going on there um they typically want to work with other managers and set policies for cameras, pets, re-entry, smoking, and any prohibited activities that you wouldn't want at an event that might affect the safeness for the customers. Now, they'll also probably develop some consumer amenities to make the experience more enjoyable. Now, a consumer amenity is a desirable or useful feature or facility of a building or place. Some of these might be automated teller machines, first aid stands, lost child program, telephones and assistive, assistive listening devices, ushers, will call ticket windows, designated driver programs, information or concierge services, messages on stadium message boards, paging, and lost and found. Now, we will also talk about the sales techniques for customer relationships. Now, this is important because sponsorship agreements are partnerships between your sports slash event organization and outside organization that is investing in it. Um, well, that that's the definition. It's important for an organization to have a sponsor because economically it can help them and it can also boost their brand image. That typically helps. Um, for typically leagues, there's sponsorship fees that will generate millions and millions of dollars. For smaller events that are free to public, they're typically not as much, but they can still be very important to the event's financial success, which can't be underrated. Um, you, for a sport, for sport slash event, they want to make sure that they're looking for the right sponsor, so you don't necessarily have to go with the biggest one. It depends on what you're looking for, because obviously you have a budget. You need to make sure that you know you can afford to pay your fee. So you need to make sure you're, this will help you generate enough money to get you over the edge. Um, another benefit that they will also look for when trying to get a sponsor is it will help them lower their costs on the goods and services that they need 
An example would be if you work for a baseball team and before every home game, your team could provide coaches, scouts, members of the media, or any other important guests a meal in what they would call the press dining room. These could be sandwiches from Subway, or they could be food in from a catering company down the street. Um, you want to make sure that you can provide this service, but you also want to make sure it's not cheap. You want to make sure it's quality products. Now that, that would be a lot of money that you would save, so that's why a sports slash event organization would really desire sponsors. This would help them save money. This would be considered a win-win situation because obviously the sponsor is getting to promote their brand and you're getting free items. Um, these, this would be kind of like a value in kind arrangement. These are beneficial to sports slash event organizations, but you must be careful when doing these. You need to make sure that the deal is worthwhile and that you're receiving high quality goods or services that you would have purchased regardless of the sponsorship agreement. This is important because although getting free stuff is always nice, if it's not something that you wouldn't pay for or you wouldn't buy, is it something that you really need? You want to make sure that you're getting the most out of your sponsorship and yeah. Um, they will also, sports slash event organizations will also look for extra advertising and promotion when they go out there and try to create sponsorships. Um, they know they need to exploit the sponsorship as well. Exploitation is kind of like the sponsor's investment in advertising and promoting the organization or event above and beyond the basic partnership. Now, that will conclude today's episode of the Sports and Entertainment Marketing Podcast, and I will see you for the next one.